This is Tuesday, September 7th, and I'm going to be a little creepy as I begin this morning. One of the surprises of arriving at the Granada Church building is that on occasion there will be a plastic bag left on the front steps or at the entrance to the building. I remember discovering such a bag years ago for the first time and wondered what it was and why it was there. I opened that first bag to see the parts of a chicken that had been dismembered. Again, I'm trying not to be creepy at this point, but this really happened, and it still does happen on occasion. There are people in Miami that practice Santeria, occult rituals, and they do it in our community. Sometimes they sacrifice animals, and then they leave those animals in area cemeteries, or at church buildings, religious establishments. They believe by doing so, they can gather up some of the spiritual power of those places and add that power to their special prayers. Now, these matters seem strange to us today, but in the ancient world, ritual animal sacrifices were a common way to curry favor with deities. They were a means of getting the attention of the gods and getting them to act on your behalf. Now, we have to be careful when we read the Old Testament because we may be tempted to believe the same things about the sacrifices that the Lord commanded his people to make. It's a bit surprising how often these sacrifices are mentioned in Scripture. The surprise for me is that after reading the book of Leviticus, that book opens with a very detailed explanation of each sacrifice and offering that the Jewish people were commanded to offer. Then we come to the book of Numbers and it repeats many of the same instructions. Both of these books came from Moses. So why did he need to repeat these instructions again? Here's one of those places in the book of Numbers. Numbers 28, 1-2. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel and say to them, My offering, my food for my offerings, my pleasing aroma you shall be careful to offer to me at its appointed time. Now, here's what I believe God is doing by by repeating these instructions. He always places his people in the story of sin and grace. Every human being lives in this narrative. We feel the need for justice when a wrong takes place, but we really don't know what to do with that, with what we're feeling then. I remember reading the story of a missionary who was working among remote tribal people He was one day working with the men of the village on a rooftop, and there was an accident when a tool fell from the roof and hurt someone. Immediately, as if by instinct, the entire village gathered at the place where the accident happened, and the missionary watched as justice was carefully fulfilled. Payment had to be made for the injury. It was then that he realized that Everyone in the world has this sense that injustice must be confronted. Justice must be done. And this is what God was showing his people in the wilderness. He's teaching them about the indelible nature of his justice. There is sin. There must be sacrifice. And there's nothing like the sacrifices. And it's it's nothing like those sacrifices that Santeristas do. They do them here in South Florida, and they're trying to leverage the spirits with power to get things they want in life, maybe healing or wealth or success. 
You see, the sacrifices the Lord commanded are not about currying the favor with him. They're about justice. They're about maintaining peace for the whole community. Now, here's the second thing about those sacrifices. They could not actually affect true forgiveness. Here's what we're told in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 3 to 4. But in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Wow, what a shock this is. The writer of Hebrews is explaining what the sacrifices could do and what they could not do. They can provide an outward and ceremonial cleansing, but they can never cleanse the heart or the conscience of a person. A furry little animal can't take away the sin of a human being. Instead, the purpose of these sacrifices was to prepare us for the coming of the one that could truly take our place. That's Jesus, our Messiah. They point to the blood of our substitute, Jesus himself, who gave his life to cleanse us fully from the injustice of our sin. Now today, while we know of the need for justice, we have forgotten what real justice entails. And that's what the missionary learned when he saw those tribal leaders come together. They, they stood together and they worked it out until they came to an agreement on the cost of the inju injustice and how the debt would be paid. And in today, unless we're watching a show about legal justice, the debt caused by sin, well, it's hidden away from us. But you see, for Israel, God always kept it before them so that they would understand their need and how God had wired the, his justice and holiness into our world. God's desire is for all people to see that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Let's pray together. Holy God, you've made us for justice and holiness, and we know this in our bones. We feel this when injustice arrives, arises. We know something must be done, that something is wrong. Enable us to see Jesus and your plan to make a way for forgiveness and life in this broken and sinful world, for the establishing of justice and your holiness in our world. For we pray in the name of the one who laid down his life for us. Amen.